And there we go. We are back again for another fantastic conversation on Friday Night Counter-Attack. And this week is the week where, Val- no, not Valentine's Day, it's to the Champions League. We're back again with the Champions League for the first time in 2023. Everyone, we're going to be talking all about the Champions League today. We're going to be talking about the best round of 16 moments. We're going to be talking about the best players in the Champions League. We are going to be doing our five-a-side for the Champions League for this season as well. So again, it's going to be another draft. I quite enjoyed these drafts as well. And obviously, we will be finishing off the podcast with our predictions for the weekend games. There is really no point of us discussing the main uh, games that's coming up this week because by the time this podcast comes out, it's already going to happen. So we'll do a quick fire prediction when everyone's on the podcast. Salim, how are you doing this week? How was your trip to the Etihad? Unfortunately, seeing your boyhood hero, Jack Grealish, dive and win a penalty for Man City against Aston Villa. How was it, Salim? Yeah, it was good. Um, you know, this game was a game I was looking forward to since uh, for quite a while, actually, because I really wanted to do an away day at the Etihad. Mm. Uh, I had a chance once before, but I gave the ticket to my brother. So, yeah, it was good. I just got a chance to go down. Um, yeah, I was a bit unlucky with the result. You know, Tyrone Mings not playing was a massive thing for us. Callum Chambers, uh, he, he came in. He was oh, he was a bit unsteady, I'd say, at times. But, yeah, you know, two defensive errors and then the dive, three goals, you know, three behind them. It's half-time, I think. If we went in even at 1-0 or 2-0 or something, it would have been a lot better. But, yeah, second half, we came out and um, Watkins got the goal, which was quite good. But then we did have quite a few chances. Like, Alex Moreno was quite good with Coutinho. Coutinho looked best player on the pitch when he came on. He was just going past players for fun. And, you know, hopefully he gets a few starts now. But, yeah, it was... I wouldn't say it was unlucky, but, I mean, just stupid errors again. And, in a way, I'm just, like, really looking forward to seeing Unai Emery's team next season. And, you know, then we should be able to come away to the Etihad and, you know, perform, like, a lot better than we did the other day. With Unai Emery as well, Simon, do you reckon, I know we spoke about him getting into, him getting you guys into Europe as well, but can he get the best out of Philippe Coutinho? Because when he came on for that 20-minute cameo, I thought this all was this was almost Coutinho of old, scoring almost a fantastic goal to make it 3-2 with that save from Edison as well. Do you reckon Unai Emery can get the best out of Philippe Coutinho? Yeah, 100%. I feel... I feel like there's still a player in there and people say he's gone slow, he can't shoot anymore, he can't dribble. But, you know, he saw his turn of pace that he had. He was going past players for fun. He was threading, like, you know, there was a good few through balls he put in and, you know, he was just drifting past players like how we used to. So I definitely think there's a player there. Uh, Una did say he trains with so much humility. You know, he's a player that's won everything and he's still there, you know, working the hardest and helping the youngsters too. So he's somebody I definitely keep around and he just needs a couple of games, get that match fitness back up. And hopefully, he can add a couple of goals and assists. Yeah, that's absolutely fine. I mean, with us, uh, what we had on the weekend as well, we had two games against Leeds United. Um, that second half performance, it was a smash and grab from Man United on the weekend as well. Coming back in to score, Marcus Rashford with another header. Uh, shout out to Benny McCarthy for his new training methods at Manchester United under Eriksen Hag. It's working well for Marcus Rashford. And again, I'm going to say this until it's not true. He is the guy that scored the most goals post World Cup. And Gareth Southgate is looking like a right lemon at the moment for not letting it happen um, for Marcus Rashford to be playing for England as well. And obviously Garnacho, he had to he had to doubt some of his own haters as well. That's why I'm wearing my Argentina shirt today. Needed to be done. So I'm um, right here as well talking about Argentina star Argentina star boy Alejandro Garnacho. What a player he will be in the future as well. And introducing Suki this week on the podcast as well. Suki, what is happening with Tottenham Hotspur? And where are you off to this week? <laughs> 
where do I start, mate? Where do I start? We, we blow hot and cold, you know what I mean? It's like I make a cup of tea, it's nice and hot, and then I come back and it's cold again, do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I don't even know where to start, Hams. It's just, uh, I'm in a vicious cycle at the moment where it's just like, it's just, I'm just being recycled through the emotions where I, I'm happy one point, I'm sad the next point, I'm, I'm, I'm joyous because people are returning from injury, and then again, an injury happens again. So, uh, yeah, I'm... I'm I'm right in the motions at the moment now, Hamza. I'm right at the bottom of it. So I'm just hoping there's some form of circulation that's going to come back around the circle to say, okay, we're going to win our next game. But it's looking very bleak for us at the moment. And tonight, <laughs> I'm not looking looking too forward for it. So I don't even know where to start. No, that's cool. At the time of recording, AC Milan are going to play Tottenham Hotspur tonight as well. So you are going to be without Benton Core, you're without Hugo Lloris as well. But Benton Core, how big of a miss is that for you in that midfield for Tottenham Hotspur? Huge hams. I'll be honest, this is where this is what I mean. Like, so Benton Core, the way that I saw it, it was he's coming back from injury. I was like, thank God we finally got a centre midfielder that can actually play ball. And then he gets injured. And I've, I when I mean of anything of our chances of getting top four that we're going to be dented. That has truly dented us in like the truest form ever, right? So I think for us, we're pretty much screwed now. It's going to be a straight Europa League battle with the likes of Fulham, Brentford and Brighton. So Maybe Liverpool. Maybe Liverpool, yeah. It's going to be exciting. So who knows? Again, I wouldn't be surprised if we finish 10th this season. We might have a (laughs) complete reverse to the way that we play here. So yeah, I'm not looking forward to watching Skip and Saar play tonight. Uh, But it looks like I'm going to have to get used to it for the next three to four months. So yeah, truly muddied. Very you should, be, you should be quick simming the rest of the season, just get through it all as well. You've, you've had <laughs> your best. You know, Suki, okay. I, I get what you mean, but I just don't understand Spurs as a club. Like, you know, like you beat Man City and then, I don't know, you just lose. Like, it's just so weird. I still don't understand how you like sat fifth or something in the table. Because every week I look at Spurs, they've either lost or like bottled the lead or something. And you're 2-0 down every game. Like, every you're giving them a 2-0 head start. I just don't understand what you guys are doing. Like, it's like you're playing a game on like ultra difficult mode, trying to like. You know, it's just weird. I, I don't understand. So many FIFA on. references tonight. It's crazy. Oh yeah, mate, so he put FIFA on. He just put like ultimate, and he's like picked like a really bad team, and he's playing against somebody else, and he's giving him two nil head start. His controller's like half broken. You know that the R one button's not working. I, I don't understand what's happening to Spurs. I mean, the square button wasn't working for Eric Dyer yesterday. Oh, sorry, not yesterday, on Saturday. Just didn't want to tackle anyone. Ihe Nacho just stood him up like Ronaldinho against Chelsea. Crazy. Um, If you you see my reactions to this guy, uh, it's literally what... Like, so, if you watch, like, League Two defenders, they're way better than Eric Dyer. I could find you at least four or five. See, that's the thing, though. But then against Man City or something, they'd be like, Eric Dyer, you know, like, proper centre-back and all this kind of stuff. So, I don't understand... The thing is, it works against teams like City because because it's so crowded. But when you play against teams like Leicester, and you're trying to push up the pitch. He wants to disconnect from from the midfield, so it's like three here, two going forward with Hoiberg and Benteke, and he leaves a void in the middle. Players like Madison, that's their gravy, right? It's their bread and butter. Once they get that ball in that middle, they're going to cause utter carnage, and that's what happened in that game against Leicester. But honestly, I've I've always wanted to get rid of Dyer, but it's just he's been there way too long for my liking. The same with Ben Davis. I've got championship level defenders and I've got a goalkeeper that can't even freaking move, man. I think he's geriatric with the kind of age group that he's in. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we lose 6-0 tonight. I would I would not be surprised. I mean, you've got Pioli coming at you with, with a lot of his players coming back into fitness for AC Milan as well. So that's going to be fun to see how AC Milan play against this Tottenham Hotspur side. Conte, it was a coincidence like when Conte wasn't there on the bench, Spurs won a game against Man City. And when he was back on the bench, you lost 4-1 uh, against Leicester. 
you know what it is, uh, Hams? What's the, what's the saying? It's the history of the Tottenham. It's the history when of the we Tottenham. City, we'll always beat them because we're a bogey team. But when it comes to playing like quality teams that can actually play ball, where they can pass within the triangles, and I said this with the the Arsenal podcast with the with the two guys. Mm. Uh, when it gets to that kind of stage and play, players are like playing us out of the park, we've got no chance of them. Literally two goals in two minutes. It kind of just, it's just not words. Just not yeah. words. That's what happens though with Spurs. It's really crazy as well. Um, but no, like we mentioned, AC Milan versus Spurs is happening tonight. Uh, we'll stick around to the end of the podcast where we talk about the Premier League fixtures on the weekend as well. But we are going to be talking about the Champions League. We are back. We are going to be talking about I think, what do you want to do first, Alan? I think we'll go for our five-a-side first. Let's go straight into it because it'll be quite difficult um, not to do it. The last time we did the five-a-side, which was last week, it took 40 minutes for three of us to, fi- to find this. So I'm, I want to get the bulk of this done, um, which will be good fun as well. So for everyone listening, if you haven't noticed our new way of doing five-a-side uh, Champions Leagues or whatever we're doing now, we've only got one choice of one player per club and we can't pick the same player as someone else as well. So we are going to be starting... With you know what, Salem, let's start with you again. Pick your wild card so you can pick whoever you want in this Champions League um season. So it doesn't have to be someone who's just in the round of 16, it can be someone who's just got knocked out as well. But ideally, you want to pick someone who's in the round of 16 because they're in the, the better quality uh, of clubs as well. I'd probably go for Mbappe, 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 Daniel Sturridge's so boy. He scored so many goals in the group stage as well. And, you know, I feel like he could be PSG's year this year by the look of it, especially with Messi there. And you said that last year. You said that last year as well. You said it was... I, I, I guess PSG <laughs> every year, don't they? It's so. true. It's like it's like Liverpool winning the league or Man City winning the Champions League. It could be their year as well. Um, but no, Kylian Mbappe, man. So, uh, Suki, talk to me. How good has Kylian Mbappe been this season, especially with the World Cup as well? <sighs> Again, I don't know. I don't know how to kind of script this, but it's like it's like they play like you talk about the FIFA references, right? It's like when they're playing league, league uh, it's like it's on beginner level. So it's like he's coasting, and then it, when he gets to that second half of the season, it's when they start igniting the fire and start really pushing forward. So I, I can't really, as a, as a player, I, I fully rate him, especially after that World Cup final, the way that he just took it over the scruff of the neck and just brought that team back from from the ruins, right? Especially yeah. being 2-0 down, everyone looked like they were dead and buried. It was just something weren't going to happen. And then two goals within like 10 minutes, he was like, oh, wow, he's actually, he might actually do this. But yeah, can't can't fault him as a player. But I think um, we just got to see this season towards the end of the season if he can win a Champions League. And I think if that if he can get that, I think that will cement his legs even further. And then I probably will give my props to him to say, okay, yeah, this guy, he's, he's about it. Uh, which is funny enough, because I've just seen a report actually that Messi and Neymar might be leaving at the end of the season, which is interesting. But um, yeah. but one guy, I think, yeah, he's, he's immense. The speed, the agile, the, the way that he scores as well, he's, he's, he's a full package, right? So, yeah, I wouldn't be... Again, I'm quite envious that's how I picked him, to be fair. <laughs> but just, it's just how it is. One last thing on Mbappe. Um, from the both of you, is there anyone in world football who you think can eclipse Mbappe as the next um, megastar of the next generation? Salim. See, I was going to... I was going to ask him that similar but different I don't know if you know that if that makes sense but a lot of my one of my mates was saying that he thinks Mbappe can reach slash surpass Messi and Ronaldo but I disagreed I feel like Mbappe will probably go down as you know there's so many other players as well that there's a whole like recency bias part of it as well we yeah. didn't watch Cruyff we didn't watch Maradona we didn't watch Pele you know it goes on but I, I don't know for me I don't think Mbappe will hit or surpass Messy levels. I don't know what what are your guys' thoughts on that. 
I think it's too late for him to actually surpass their levels, but it will be one of those like Thierry Henry's or Ronaldo R9 type players as well. A Gabriel Batistuta maybe who is just really good for a big era, but it's not going to be the greatest because I think it's too late to be the greatest. If you're looking at Messi and Ronaldo, who did start when they were 18, 19, all the way until they're 34, 35, 36. I don't think that's possible for Mbappe. I'd like to look back at this in five years' time and see if he can get 50 goals a season, 25 assists, a Champions League every other season, and maybe a World Cup or a European Championship. Uh, but that's just how I see it personally. I think it's going to be an amazing footballer for years to come. The benchmark for any young player coming up as well. But I think it will be, I don't think, could, I don't think it will hit those heights. What about you, Suki? Yeah, and no, I agreed exactly the same. I think, again, we, we do say that, but then with Monaco, he started at the age of 16. He had that game against City, which, funnily enough, was in the round of 16. Mm. And they beat him on aggregate 6-6. So, I mean, he, he has done it at an early age, but I think because because he was at Monaco for quite a long time uh, and then he made his move to kind of PSG, it's kind of limited him in a bit where he's... You can stat pad to a degree, but I feel like, again, he just coast that kind of first half of the season. He's just, just steadily going. So I don't think he's kind of like, well, Ronaldo and Messi was like guaranteed that you have to get a goal a game, right? I think with him, he's just happy just to kind of play. If you don't score, you don't score. He's getting paid, what, two million a week. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't really care if I'd scored or not. But I think for him, I think he's just, again, it's just easy coasting for him. I don't think it's really that much of a concern. Yeah. Again, I know he's a striker. He wants to score every time. But I see like, especially like games that you see where they've lost in, in the league, he's just kind of coasted. And it's just like, again, if he really wanted to kind of turn it up, he could actually get a goal a game and really kind of hit those heights. But I just don't see, I don't, just don't see him doing it really. Nah, it makes complete sense. Go on, Suki, who are you going for on your wild card? Any pick from any player besides Mbappe? Who are you going for? I'm going to go for a wild pick. I'll go with Vinicius Junior from uh, Real Madrid. Oh, you're using Vinny as your Real Madrid choice. God, That's a it. shout. That's a shout, that is. <laughs> I mean, he was a match winner in the Champions League last season against Liverpool, so I will, I will always love and appreciate him for that. But what about Vinny Jr.'s heights? Can he be the next big Brazilian superstar in world football? I definitely think he will be. Uh, being that left winger, being the marketable player that he will be as well. I think it's just awful about the whole racism issue in Spanish football. They need someone to actually stand up for him because no one's doing enough um, in Spain as well. No, exactly. Yeah, and I, I agree. I mean, even watching him in the Club World Cup, some of the some of the stuff he was doing, he was just absolutely terrorizing his defenders. And um, yeah, I think kind of looking at it, he's he's kind of what he's only what twenty one years old, twenty two years old. Twenty. He's only won old. every major trophy pretty much. I think mm. now he'll be like the poster boy for Brazil going forward. So I think he's kind of kind of taking the mantle from Neymar. And again, that kind of speaks volumes itself, doesn't it? So yeah, I've got to get that pick in <laughs> early as possible. Salim, we spoke last week about Erling Haaland and the greatness that he has come in towards him as well. Um, we've spoken about Mbappe tonight as well. Would you say Vinny Jr. is in that top three of three attacking players to watch out for for the next five, ten years in European football? Do you reckon he's got that in him, Vinny Jr.? Yeah, 100%. You know, he's, he's, got, he's definitely got it and he's, he's definitely got the attitude and mindset as well. So it's nice to see him, uh, you know, progress in his career and, you know, you want to see how high he can go. You know, there's, he's definitely got a really high ceiling. Uh, I was just going to ask Suki that I sure it wasn't Carlos Vinicius that you weren't after. Vinicius, what was that celebration he did that? He did the, the Mbappe celebration. He, he tried to copy it as he forgot. Yeah, make sure you got the right one. That was all. But yeah, no, that's, that's fine. Yeah, that's all good. Um, I'm playing it safe with this one. I'm going for 
my boy Karen Benzema. So Benzema is the guy um, that I'm going for for my wild card as well. Realistically speaking, I think he's one of the most enjoyable strikers. Um, his lethal, that his lethal, his combination play from strikers to midfielders over the years. It's underrated how lethal Karen Benzema has been. Um, for Real Madrid and none more so than last season's Champions League run um, which he had as well and people even forget when they won the Champions League as well it was round of 16 Karen Benzema it was quarterfinal hat-trick Karen Benzema it was semi-final masterclass Karen Benzema and Karen Benzema deserves all the flowers in the world for what he's done for Real Madrid probably should have gone to that World Cup even if he was injured as well so Hugo Lloris and uh, Antoine Griezmann who said oh yeah it's my club it's my it's my country sorry it's our team we don't want Benzema there Benzema would have won that World Cup. He would have won that World Cup for France if he was there um, as a number nine as well. But Karen Benzema is my guy. What do you guys think? Do you think Karen Benzema has been one of the greatest number nines in recent years as well? Or do you reckon Lewandowski, Suarez? Actually, let's do that now. Let's do that now. Sell, bench, start. Lewandowski, Suarez, Benzema. And I'm talking about prime. I'm not talking about what they are now. I'm talking about prime. Go on, Salem. Start us off, my friend. Start, sell, bench. That's the oh, wrong order, man. but you know what I mean. We start, start Suarez. Ooh, prime Suarez, you know, as well. Quality play. We bench, Benzema, and I'd sell Lewandowski to Villa. <laughs> <laughs> Lewandowski, you know, that's mad. That's mad. I, could, I, could, I can't bring myself to sell Robert Lewandowski. This is crazy. Suki, what about you? Where are you going with this? I'll, literally, I've got the same as Sal. I've got the exact same. It's too hard. Though. That's the problem. It's hard. Yeah, it's it difficult, is hard, isn't bro. it? I think from I think from a bias point of view, I would go start Benzema, bench Lewandowski and sell Suarez. That's from a bias point of view. But objectively speaking, you can't sell Suarez for what he's done in the game. Uh, but he's a racist guy. So I, for me, I'm going to have to sell him as well. This will be a good thing to put out on social media. What happened I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's probably best not get into all you know the controversial parts because even Benzema's got his. He's got like, his definitely controversial parts as well. <laughs> yeah, no, just talk about Benzema actually. Like for me, that Champions League, the way that they did it, Real Madrid were literally knocked out of every single round, and I don't know how he just he just came and that's that pure winning mentality. And I was, I was glad he won. You know the Ballon d'Or as well. I felt like he deserved it. You know through that individual brilliance and how he led that team. A lot of people are thinking like, you know, he's a bit old now, he's finished, like Ronaldo's not there anymore, like Bale's not really doing anything. But, you know, he's, and the thing is, Benzema, he's been doing it for like a lot of seasons, but it's hard, you know, you've got people like Ronaldo next to you, Bale next to you, Modric, like Ramos, all these guys that are performing, you know, the level's so high just to shine through a team like that. So, no, I was really happy for him, to be honest. Nah, quality player Karen Benzema. And look, I, I, I want to have that opportunity to watch Karen Benzema live. So watch this space. It may happen. It may happen before the end of the season. Actually, no, I don't know if I've told you guys as well. I, I bought a Real Madrid membership um, for the rest of the season. So it's only 17 quid. So if there's a chance to go out to Spain and watch big boy Karim, Ballon d'Or, Benzi, it could happen. It may have to happen. Um, so we'll see as well. Right, starting back to front now. Um, you know what, Suki, let's start with you. Goalkeeper. So we're going for one goalkeeper, one defender, and then you can do whatever you want with your attack. So it's all good to make up your five. Oh, I've got to be tactical with this. Mm-hmm. You know, I might have to just sacrifice this because I don't really care about keepers anyway. I'll go with uh, Alex Merritt from Napoli. What? You're yeah. using your Napoli choice already? I'm going to have to, man. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
You're then, mate, I'm looking at the keepers. I'm looking at like oh, I've got. Um, it could go with City. Uh, yeah, it's too obvious. I want to. I want to. I want to make a different team. I don't want to kind of fall to the the kind of common, common like freaking names and all this about the big Edisons and all this and Allison. I want to make it a bit different. Yeah. Make it different. That's all good. You've you've used up your Napoli choice, which frees up Salem and I to use one of the few Napoli superstars we've seen as well. Salem, go for your goalkeeper's choice. Who are you going for? So I'm going for the choice that Suki wanted to go for, which is Edison. So, <laughs> and you're using your Man City choice already. It's, it's fine. It's sorted. Oh. My Man City choice. So, oh, but yeah, Edison, you know, great goalkeeper. He can play out from the back, and you know, sweeper keeper too. Um, yeah, I've always rated Edison. I think he's quite a good keeper. I think he does make errors and mistakes in games, uh, like rarely, but a lot of people have been judging him as well. But you have to remember to play at such a high level for such a long time is really hard. Like players can have one good season, half a good season, 10 good games, but to be good for like five years, six years, it's, you know, unbelievable. No, that's absolutely fine. I'll happily go for someone like Kevin Trapp. I'll use my Frankfurt choice. So Kevin Trapp is my guy. Kevin Trapp, really? I'm going for Kevin Trapp. Oh, that's horrific, man! You're telling me about merit. Come on, man. No, I, I don't want to. I don't want to go for any of the other. I watched this guy live. Yeah, he flapped the ball twice against us, Tottenham of all teams. Okay, so that's that's giving me something to think about. But then I've got a uh, uh, Bruges keeper. Wasn't he any good? Club Bruges keeper is what Simon Minule. Yeah, Minule. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> He's actually been really good this season, but I can't forget about Liverpool Simon Mignolet. That's the thing. Hey, lads, what have we been smoking today, man? <laughs> you know what? We're on a mad one today. You know what? If I'm not going to go for Kevin Trapp, let me go for... This will be a bit of a shock. I'm going to go for Cobel from Dortmund. Oh, so okay. I've, I'm using my Dortmund choice early, so it frees up one of you to use JB22 if you wanted to um, as well. So Cobel from Borussia Dortmund I'm using for as well. I think my theme is I won't go for anyone who's already knocked out the Champions League at this time of speaking. Go for round of 16 teams, um, which I'm happy with as well. Suki, talk to me about your defenders. You can pick any defender you want. Um, you're going to go for a centre-back, you're going to go for a full-back. Who are you going for? And more importantly, what team are you going to go for? Defender. I'm going to go with four. I'll go... Uh, nobody used that. I've got to use a Real Madrid pick. Can't do that again. Mm. Uh, defender, defender. See, I'm only basing this because I've watched these players. I've watched this one live, right? So I'm only mm. going to say it for that reason. Um, Indica from Frankfurt. Oh, you are using your Frankfurt choice. Yeah, he was a solid defender, man, watching him. Um, I think, again, if he was to come to the Prem, get some experience, I think he would be a hell of a defender, right? Um, so, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with Indica or Indica, whatever you want to say. I don't know how you're going to pronounce it. But. The thing with Indica as well, he's another left-footed centre-back. And we said last week as well, Salim, that left-footed centre-backs who are pacey and can pass the ball out from the back, they're, they're in fashion at the moment. Everyone wants to buy these type of players as well. You're seeing someone like Sven Botman do really well for Newcastle. Indica could easily do that. Uh, someone like Liverpool, for example, as well. Not Liverpool, but you know what I mean. Uh, a better quality club um, in the Premier League. But yeah, go on, Salim. Who's your defender? Who are you going for? As much as I really want to go for a centre-back, um, I'm going to go for Grimaldo. Grimaldo? Ooh, Benfica? Yeah, I'm just thinking that as much as I really, really wanted to put a centre-back in for the balance, I just feel like... Balance. Grimaldo, yeah. I've, I've <laughs> liked, I like the stuff that Benfica are doing. Like, I've been... I've not really been following the Portuguese league that much, to be honest. But whenever we speak to Felipe, or whenever, whenever, like, sorry, sorry, recently when Villa were linked with Ruben Am Amarim, I was looking into sporting Benfica, Porto, and, mm. and 
like that. So yeah, Grimaldo is my choice. Grimaldo is a good choice. I think for me, if I'm going for a defender, I'm going to have to go for, we're going to go, I'm going to use my uh, AC Milan choice and I'm going to go for Theo Hernandez. So I'm going to go for Hernandez. I think it will be a quality wing, wing fullback and it will use up my AC Milan choice as well. So I'm happy with that. And I thought he was a decent player for AC Milan so far. He didn't do as well as I thought he did at the World Cup, personally. I thought there were better fullbacks as well. We've both spoken about Theo Hernandez for France as well. But realistically speaking, um, with Theo Hernandez, I think he will be moving on in the summer to a bigger club um, from AC Milan as well. Probably a team that's competing a lot more as well because Italian football is on the rise again. And we've seen it with Napoli. We've seen it with AC Milan previously. But they they need to do a lot better in European football. And they haven't done... It's only in the Conference League where Jose Mourinho won the Conference League with Roma last season as well. So times will tell with that. Right then, we've got three picks each, all of us. So you can play it however you want to as well. Remember all the teams that you can pick, which is good fun. Salim, we'll go with you. Are you going to are you going to go for another defender, a midfielder, three strikers? How are you how are you playing this one, Salim? I'm going to go for um, Raheel's favorite player. Oh my god! He's from his local club, Boyhood Hero, uh, Jude Bellingham. <laughs> JB22, he's out here. And yeah, he's been quality. And the one thing that sticks in my mind about him is the goal that was disallowed against Edison, and I feel so bad for him for that. He wasn't even a foul though. Uh, I think it was last season but yeah no he's, he's quality and you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him next really whether he stays at Dortmund or if he comes to the Premier League I, I would happily love to see him staying at Dortmund as well for another season he's doing really well for them as well his development's going fantastic and we can see how much he's growing as well we don't have to see him in the Premier League all the time we've spoken about this before mm-hmm. all of us have so it'll be good to see what he does Suki where are we going with this one are you going to pick another defender no, no, no. I'm going to go the uh, same route as I did at Benfica, a guy that absolutely terrorised Juventus this season. His name's Rafa Silva. Ooh. What a player, man. Honestly. Pace personified Rafa Silva. I love him. It's fantastic. Then, I think it was four goals he scored against Juve. Oh, my God. I remember watching it. It was such a cracking game and he just absolutely terrorised him in the first half. The way that he was just jinking past the defenders. I, I mean, there was one defender for Juve. I didn't, even, I didn't even know who he was. I've never heard of his name, but absolutely done him in, terrorised him. Um, but I mean, even other Champions League games that they've played, they've been quality. And again, that's the reason why they've qualified, right? To the round 16. Yeah. So again, he's going to be a big player for them to kind of progress him deeper into the tournament. Yeah. It'll be fun to see how they do without Enzo Fernandez as well, who was a big part of their midfield and in their qualification from the group as well. So it'll be good to see how they progress from him as well. But with Benfica as well, as we always say, they always replace players properly and they always still compete within Portuguese and European football as well to the best of their ability. Um, do I go to Tottenham? No, no, I'm not going to Tottenham for a midfielder. Don't be silly. Don't be silly at all. Um, realistically speaking, I have to go for Inter Milan. Again, I'm making it different as well. I'm going to go for Nicolo Barella. I think Nicolo Barella is a player who I think will be a fantastic player in the future. He's had his on and offs with his injuries. He's had his on and off with his form as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does against Porto in the Champions League in the round of 16 when they play. It could be the best time that Inter Milan can have from qualifying into the quarterfinals as well. Last season, they got knocked out against Liverpool as well, respectively. But that is my third choice. Third or fourth fourth choice. That's my fourth choice. So Barella is in my team. Right, everyone's last pick. How are we going to go? Extra midfielder, extra defender, extra striker. I know where I'm going. Salim, where are we going with your one, my friend? Where's your last choice going? Thankfully, a Napoli pick was taken on 
well, wasn't taken. So the, for me, it's Kavitsia. Say his surname. I can't remember the rest of the name. Kavitsia. Say it. Say his name. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say I literally <laughs> Kavitia Karachikela. Oh my god, what is this? This is you're butchering this. Kavarakskelia. Remember the name because no one will forget his name with the way that he plays as well. Oh, so, wait, wait, so, so you can pronounce it. Come on, man. Let's do it. Kavitia Kavarakskelia. There, there we go. Kavitia. I only knew Kavitia to be fair, but it's funny how you said it. So, uh, yeah, you've taken Kavitia for your final pick, and what a player he is. We spoke about Vinicius Junior. We spoke about uh, Mbappe. We spoke about Haaland. What does Kovicin need to do to get onto that level? Um, does he just need to continue what, doing what he's doing under Spalletti at Napoli? Does he need to move to a bigger club? What do you guys think, Suki? Yeah, no, I agreed. I think just continue what he's doing. He's on that kind of um, wavelength. I think the goal of the weekend that he just scored, because again, mad Napoli fan here, hmm. watching him on the weekend, the, the way that he cut in and just buried it bottom bins. Again, he's just, you know what he's going to do, but there's just no way of stopping it. So I think his trajectory is kind of spot on. But um, just touching on your point there, Hansel, you talked about Spalletti. Terrible manager. I don't like the guy, but um, it is what it is, right? It, it, for me, if, we do, if they do win the league, it's about the players, not the manager. So... Yeah, just kind of just want to make that kind of known. <laughs> nah, it makes it easy as well. It's pretty good in that way. Uh, who are you going to go for, Suki, for your last pick? Which team are you going for? Got to go for the legend himself at Tottenham, Harry Jebediah Kane. You're not going for a Spurs player, surely? Got you, man. Oh, my days. Going he's, for he's Larry been, Kane. He's been all right, man. Honestly, that game against Marseille, we looked like we we're dead and buried. And then the way that he just kind of hold, held up the board and then played the Hoiberg through and then just to score the winner to top the group. Made life easier for us, but then I mean, if, if looking at the draw, it's not like the easiest draw, but it kind of saved us a bit rather than playing like PSG or Bayern again, absolutely raped like 10 0 or 8 0. It's kind of helped us there not to get embarrassed too much. Yeah, it's true. Speaking of PSG, my final player, um, obviously, why I'm wearing the shirt. Argentina's number 10, Lionel Messi. I have to throw him in there. I've I've had my I've had my hips to picks with Theo Hernandez and Barella and Cobble as well. So I need to have a bit of seriousness up front. So I'm going for a Messi and a Benzema front two, uh, which I think would win um, any five aside because Lionel Messi, for me personally, I know everyone talks about Ronaldo being Mr. Champions League. If PSG do win the Champions League this season, Salim, does that make Lionel Messi Mr. Champions League? Everyone's already considering him the greatest of all time, but does that make him Mr. Champions League with what he's done and with the longevity that he's had, longevity that he's had um, for PSG? Mm. I don't know. Uh, I mean, everyone's going to say probably Cristiano is Mr. Mm. Champions League, but I feel like if he could win it and then if he could potentially sort of match Ronaldo for goals, then maybe. Yeah, I, I generally think now this is a time where Lionel Messi will overtake Cristiano Ronaldo in terms of goals scored in the Champions League as well. I think there's a difference of like five or six in the top goal scorers thing as well. So, uh, with the top scorers in the Champions League, Ronaldo is at the top, and I think Messi will overtake him anytime soon. Um, let me search for it as well. Basuki, uh, as we're moving forward as well uh, into the Champions League as well, what are Tottenham's chances, realistically speaking, um, <laughs> for the Champions League? I'll give you this, Hans. It's going to be zero point zero 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 
point percent. It's, it's gonna li- it's gonna it's gonna be like um how can you explain? It? It's gonna be like um that ninety nine percent Man City and that one percent Real Madrid. It could happen. Anything can happen in the chat. Right, I think it's more like there's more chance of United winning it. Oh my god! Wow, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's like that. Honestly, I, 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 as much as as much as he's trying to boy it off, yeah, he's mm. got a point. He's got a point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, Club Brugge got a better chance of winning it. Benfica got a better chance of winning it. You know Inter I mean? Milan. It's going to be good to see some of these other teams come through as well. They have got the stats. Yeah, when you play anti football, you know what I mean. It's what happens. You you, you you just get buried. You just get absolutely buried. It's like that video of that guy, that that kid going, "What do you want to be when I grow old? Grow older." I want to become a terrorist when he's actually trying to say therapist in an African accent. So <laughs> oh, yeah. That's it. That's literally what actor, isn't it? Yeah. Actor. That's literally <laughs> yeah, exactly. I want to be a terrorist. I was like, no, I want to be a therapist. Uh, I've got the stats up here. So Cristiano Ronaldo currently has 140 goals in the Champions League. Lionel Messi yeah. is 11 goals away from matching that with 129. Robert Lewandowski is at 91 goals. Karen Benzema is at 86. And the next current player is Thomas Muller at 53. Do we see Lionel Messi taking over Cristiano Ronaldo for top goal scorer in the Champions League of all time? 11 goals. I'd probably say next season as well. One more season. But like Suki said, if Qatar want to get rid of Messi and and Neymar from their team, it's going to be quite difficult to see if he's going to stay in Europe as well. If if anyone in Europe can afford him um, as well. (laughs) You say Qatar get rid of him. (laughs) It is the Qatar ownership. It's Qatar and... (laughs) It's Qatar and Mbappe working together. You know what the deal is at PSG. Do you even That's say the team's name, man? How disrespectful is that, man? Qatar want to buy Man United. That's all I'm saying. Uh, hopefully the Qataris are listening to this and they buy Man United. And they can cancel Messi and Neymar's contracts and send them to Eric Ten Hag over in Manchester, <laughs> uh, which would be good fun. But yeah, that's our five sides as well. So I think we've all done pretty good there as well. Good variety from everyone as well. I'm still surprised Harry Kane made your list and you have got... Hey, listen, I've, listen, if you look at my team, those are on-form players in this season of Champions League. That's what I've got it based on, right? So you can check the stats. You've got the most sourceless striker in Harry Kane and the most sourceless striker in Brazilian Jogger Benito, man. You've got Jogger Benito with like FA level two coaching. That's literally the difference. Listen, I've got the guy that's going to hold it up and I've got two bad boy wingers next to him. Ah, man. I don't know about this one. Salim, who do you think It's a back that could just blast the ball from anywhere. Do you know what I mean? It's all technical, man. You've got to think like that. I reckon we'd play this in New York as well because of your background, San Fran, New York. It'd be good fun um, oh, to see yeah. how it not goes. Not San Fran though. Yeah, do, definitely do New York. Man. San, San Francisco's in the mud at the moment. It's not great. Fair. It's not great in yeah. San Fran right now. Uh, but no, everyone, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts on your five-a-side for this season's Champions League. And obviously it's the round of 16. So I wanted to speak to you guys both about um, literally the best moments in the round of 16 over the course of the years as well. I've had some fantastic memories and some bad memories, mostly fantastic from a Man United point of view for the round of 16, because that's normally where we are in terms of our, our our level at the moment, winning the round of 16 as well. I'm starting everyone off with the PSG game, of course, as well. So seeing uh, PSG come to town in Manchester, going to watch it with my brother, my cousin, and seeing us lose 2-0 at home um, to PSG. Uh, Prenzel Kimbembe and Kylian Mbappe score uh, two decent goals um, against us on Oleg on the Solskjaer side who then said mountains are there to be climbed. We then go to Paris a couple weeks later. I then go and see Romelu Lukaku score a fantastic goal against Gio and Luigi Buffon. And then 10 minutes later or five minutes later, he scores another tap-in against him as well. And then I think Juan Bernat scores and I think, okay, that's more or less a tie over. They're going to win on away goals because that was the last season, I think, where away goals um, was in was an action and then it changed to just normal ties as well. 
And then who comes up and steps up in uh, a last-minute penalty after Prince Okimpembe, the cheat, the scum of Paris, handballs it. It's Marcus Rashford against Gianluigi Buffon. And it was seen, it was good times for Man United fans seeing Solskjaer win. But it was also when Rio Ferdinand jinxed us straight away by saying, Man United are back, baby. We're back. We're only going to Solskjaer the contract. Get him to sign whatever he wants. And then we just, everything from there went downhill for the rest of the season under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It just never hit that heights of Paris um, as well. That's one of my favourite moments from the round of 16. Suki, let's go with you. Have you got any five, kind of favourite moments from other Spurs or any other different teams that you've got for the round of 16? Yeah, I'll probably probably not so much about Spurs because they've just been just mediocre kind of okay games. But I think the two that stand out for me, and just by the way, for you to say Lukaku's goal was brilliant, that's absolutely criminal. It was just a tap in because of an old Buffon goal. So you can't was, say that. It, I will never, that I'll, ne- I'll never, bad. I'll never, I'll never talk down on Romelu Lukaku because of that night in Paris. That's how much that game meant to me for Romelu Lukaku um, to score oh, twice in that game as well. But yeah, it it is what it is. Nostalgia can can play on your mind in different ways, which it definitely does in this case. Um, True. Go for it. Yeah, I think uh, two two games that sat at me. I think the first one was uh, Monaco, sixteen year old Mbappe. Radamel Falcao 6-6 on aggregate what a game everyone expected City to win with that first kind of pep team but then uh, Falcao comes in and just lobs uh, I think it was Claudio Bravo and got at that point Caballero absolutely, I think it was yeah, Caballero yeah absolutely lobbed the shit out of him and uh, mm. yeah just shit out a, uh, a result at the end and went straight through and then to be fair they had a decent run didn't they they got to the semis in that year so um, they did quite well um, and then the second one which was uh, quite funny. I've just kind of made a fact, uh, not so much a fact, just more of a statement just earlier in the, in the WhatsApp chat with yourself, Hams. Uh, it was during the, uh, I think it, I can't remember what season it was. I think it was 18, 19 or the year after. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, it was 17, 18. Uh, no, sorry. 18, 19. Apologies. It was uh, Atletico Madrid versus Liverpool uh, at Anfield winning that uh Winning the uh, the leg over three two, absolutely shit has in a win. Uh, Lorente, Marcus Lorente scored those two goals past. Uh, I think it was uh, Adrian, wasn't it? Adrian in goal. Yeah, absolutely. His line. You should have saved. To be fair, both shots. Uh, we would like for like goals, but honestly, brilliant. See, seeing Liverpool lose was a uh, was brilliant because apparently Anfield was supposed to be the uh, the atmosphere stadium for European nights. And that was when goal. Andy Robertson said that um, in the first leg, he was like, "Oh, they they're yet to come to Anfield now. They haven't seen us um, at exactly. Anfield." So Simeone was like, "Oh, all right then," and then he just. Played, he played them like a trombone, which was crazy. And then pretty much hand straight after that, what happened? COVID hit. So the bane of our lives came in, didn't it really, with COVID? So yeah, after that game, I remember watching that in my flat in Stratford with uh, my mates. And then pretty much a week after, <laughs> we got put into a lockdown. So yeah, all fun and games watching the game. It was fantastic watching Liverpool get knocked out, but then we got locked in. So yeah. <laughs> crazy to see how it changes as well. And it was a long lockdown, that one as well. Unbelievable oh, how, how we got through it, which is crazy. Salim, any round of 16 moments? I know you spoiled one for me from your list on the on WhatsApp, so I'm looking forward to hearing this spiel from, from this one as well. To be honest, like, the moments you've mentioned have all been quite good moments. Um, but for me, the one that truly sticks out, I mean, I've got one side moment, which I'm not sure if it was bought as a round of 16. Uh, it was when Cristiano returned to Old Trafford. For Real Madrid. Nah, Real Madrid, that was... When, ooh, uh, was it? That nine, was... Oh. Was that for Real Madrid? 2013? Yeah, yeah, when Nani got sent off for that red card. and I think, I think it was. I think it was round 16. I'll double check. That, that, that was a game I enjoyed watching, but I'd say like the best best moment for me was you know under our current manager, Unai Emery. Um, mm. It was uh, PSG Barcelona. I'd say like both legs though, 4-0 and 6-1. 
you know, like the 6-1 especially, I just remember watching it and there was so much paper talk before the game, like a, like a four-goal deficit. It's never, it's never been done. It'll never happen, that kind of situation. Or I don't know if, if it was exactly that, but it was one of those, like, it's not going to happen. It's PSG and, you know, how good they are. And then, you know, I just started watching the game and, you know, 1-0, 2-0, they're like, oh, this got a chance here. And then obviously PSG score one. They're like, oh, it's probably not going to happen now because they'll have to score, you know, like the extra goal and God knows how. And then, you know, just free kicks, Neymar, Messi, and then Sergio Roberto right at the end. And, you know, just I just couldn't believe it. I was, I was at my grandma's house and I was living there in Birmingham at the time and I was just watching the game as I normally do Champions League night. And I just couldn't believe my eyes. Like, I was like, what's going on here? And, yeah, that that's probably the greatest ever Champions League game for me. And, you know, I just wish I think I think Barca didn't win it that season, did they? Um They didn't win it that season. Yeah, so I, for me, I I really wish Barca went on to win it that year. He just would have been so complete for them. Other than that, my only other sort of Champions League memories, you know, of Villa is probably just champ is on football manager just winning it on there. So I probably <laughs> didn't have the archives from one of my saves because you know I tend to win it quite Send often. a screenshot. We need to see how yeah. you won. I'll yeah, find some, some round of 16 tie on my laptop. Some <laughs> point. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, that's that's one dream I have got, you know, is to watch my club in in Champions League. Um, we've been in the like UEFA Cup and, you know, it's, it's weird because I talked to my dad and he's been to, you know, European games for Villa, uh, you know, yep. the old Champions League. And he's, you know, he's been to Villa Park on a Tuesday, Wednesday night, you know, and he's sort of telling me like, oh, I can't believe you've never been to like the European game. And I was like, yeah, you know, so yeah, that's that's my dream, you know, to be able to watch my team at Villa Park in the Champions League and you know it should be happening soon in the Super Unai Emery under Super Unai it could happen anything can happen in football that's what the Champions League tells you all about as well um, Suki mentioned a very funny quote earlier but from Giorgio Chiellini that also happened in the round of 16 as well so oh, is it? Oh. yeah if you remember in 2017-18 when literally Juventus came back to win 4-3 in aggregate uh, Gonzalo yeah. Higuain scored his hat-trick as well and you're just there, like, oh my days! Juventus in this yellow kit, winning at Wembley. Um, I think it was, I think it was two-two in the first leg as well. So Spurs came back as well, which was crazy. And then yeah. you're just kind of there, like, oh no, Spurs have literally got knocked out from away goals in, in Champions League. And then there's that last-minute goal as well, um, where it's just Juventus four, Tottenham three. And that's where Giorgio Chiellini said it is the history of the Tottenham when it happened. Hey, it was self-inflicted, Hams. It was self-inflicted, man. Do you know what I mean? It was, it was just it just came two goals in the two minutes again. Yeah, it just got patterned. One one team that got patterned last season in the round of 16 was PSG. So PSG after winning 1-0 uh, in the first leg as well. I think it was Kylian Mbappe that scored that fantastic goal um, at the Parc de France as well. And then obviously I spoke about Karen Benzema earlier in, in the in the podcast as well. It was one they were one nil down already, I think, in the in the Bernabeu, right? I think it was rather Mbappe scored again, did the celebration. The fans were like half-heartedly celebrating. Oh yeah, you're going to move to Madrid. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. And then in the second half, do you remember when Mbappe did that little step over past Courtois and he, and he scored, but it was offside. Yeah. If that went in, that would have been sick. It would have been so, so sick. I would have been a cold goal. It would have been so cold from Mbappe. But then who was the coldest in the whole stadium? Karen Benzema. Again and again and again, he scored three goals in that game. Luka Modric dominating the midfield in the second half, which I will vividly remember for being such a fantastic performance and bodying Lionel Messi multiple times in that game, which I thought was quite fun as well. So I do have to mention that round of 16 tie with Karen Benzema coming back uh, in that game as well. But one more, one more one from me before we move on to our kind of next topic to finish off as well. This is more on a side note. 
Back in 2008, 2009, okay, I could go for Man United ones, but I'm not. This one just takes a cake for me. Bayern Munich beat Sporting Lisbon 12-1 on aggregate. 12-1 on aggregate, which I thought was beyond embarrassing for Sporting Lisbon. How many goals did Robin score in that one, Hams? I can't remember. Let me let me search it up quickly. But oh, was it 07 08? Oh, it wasn't. 08 09. So he may have. He may not have been there, but I remember Ribery scoring in there as well, which was crazy. It was like Luca Toni scored two, uh, Ribery scored two, uh, Closer scored one as well in that 5-0 game, and it just finished in a crazy feeling as well. So, yeah, that's a nice little one to go on about uh, as well. It should be good fun. Right, just finish off the podcast before we move on to part two as well. Uh, let's see your thoughts on the weekend's games, because obviously we are recording this before um, what we've got coming on. Salim, you've got Arsenal. So you're going to be facing Arsenal after they face Manchester City. Are you feeling comfortable with this game at 12.30 kickoff on Saturday? What are you thinking, Salim? I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, Man City, you know, it wasn't that good of a game. Arsenal, I actually want them to win the title uh, this season, just so it breaks it up from having that Man City dominance every year. Um, Do you think they will, though, is the question? I don't know. Like, you know, it is. The recent results have just been poor. Like, Everton was was one for them to capitalise on and then they won the other day against Brentford. Again, they like, drew. Yeah, they drew. But I don't think they. I think Brentford were good value for that draw. So the thing is with us, we're always that. We're that team that we're very like Spurs in that sense. Like if a team's not one in five, you know, upstep Aston Villa and we give you that win, or the striker's not scored in sixteen games, upstep Aston Villa. It's like, you know, what I mean, or it's like Spurs have never won wearing this third kit or something. It's like upstep Aston. It always is this. So I don't know. But I am quite confident in the sense that. Like, you know, Unai Emery's got a plan and, you know, he has a plan for every every game. You know, he's such a thorough researcher. He's very detailed. So, and he, he'd love to be Arsenal. So, yeah, I feel like we can get a point. But then, obviously, that does hinder Arsenal's title charge, a team that, you know, has to play Man City twice. And, and that's their biggest problem now, is that not being able to capitalise on those games against Everton and Brentford and now having to play, you know, City twice and coming up against Unai Emery. Yeah, it's true. And Suki on Super Sunday this week coming up, obviously we'll, we'll skip the, the Champions League game because that's already going to be done by the time this is out. You've got West Ham at home. So you've got another local derby as well. Is that Very fan going to come from the um, from the Olympic Stadium to White Hart Lane and try and bust out his first fan? Tell, tell that fan to get out, of, get out of jail and get onto Tottenham High Court Road, man. We're, we're waiting for you, bro. We're it's going to be... It was so Landed. funny seeing that guy getting pushed out of the wheelchair. <laughs> we don't condone <laughs> violence, obviously, but it's the fact that you're looking at it and you're guy, the guy's just trying to give it one. And a West Ham fan just there like, yeah, let, let me do him. My dad's <laughs> here. I, I, want to, I want my dad to be proud of me. And he just yeets him one, which is good fun. Mate, the best part is when he's in the wheelchair, he goes, yo, this ain't Nightbridge, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Proper rim so, boys, man, honestly. Love so it. out of pocket. It's so out of pocket, that one as well. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, oh, just a quick one, Ams. Tottenham mm. are playing a 4-2-3-1 formation. Ooh, that's a change yeah. of style. That's a bit different, you know. Something's wrong with Conte at the moment, so... Do you reckon he'll play 4-2-3-1 against West Ham? With the defense? <laughs> he'll revert back to tight, man. 3-4-3 again, guaranteed. Against a team that can finally score as well. I don't think it's going to be a 4-2-3-1. Do you reckon What's it's just nine mean, games from Tottenham? Uh, Perisic will play. No, nah, Perisic is playing He's got he's got Son on the left, Kulo on the right, Perisic in the middle behind Kane, and then Saar and Skip in the middle, and then Longley's playing left back. Dyer plays centre uh, and right back. Nah, well, it'll, it'll be it'll be Perisic left wing back, Defo. 
I don't know, man. It says here four two three one. We'll have to see. We'll probably have yeah. to see in the game. He's probably trying to trying to trick AC Milan from the looks of it. It's true. Maybe trying to match up to them. You never know because of how they play with their attacking Barcelona football as well. But what do you reckon, Suki? Do you reckon West Ham will will continue with your demise? You'll you'll end up losing at home to West Ham again. Do you reckon that's going to be the case? Are, to be fair, we've done all right with West Ham. We always beat them like two one at home. But the thing is, I said this to Arifat got, uh, when we was at Pauli the other day. I was like, well, yeah, we always beat Leicester. Then we got absolutely battered 4-1. So <laughs> I'm just going to say, I'm just a fan. I'm a neutral. I'm going to go watch it and just hope for the best result. <laughs> Are you going to the game as well? <laughs> no, I was supposed to, but I'm in Barcelona. I, don't fly, I fly back literally at the time of kickoff. So if I wasn't, I would have gone. Nah, yeah. it's okay. I need a Barcelona vlog for the podcast, which would be good fun <laughs> um, as well. Right, so Man United have got Leicester on the weekend. It's a home game. We don't tend to lose much against Leicester at home, but again, Suki said the same thing last week and obviously that happened as well. So um, ideally speaking, we've got Barcelona this week. So I know Eric Ten Hag has rested his defenders for this game. Uh, Varane and Martinez are suspended, so Mar- Martinez will be back for the Leicester game as well. I'm expecting a, a 1-0 win against Leicester City at home. Um, which will be good fun at the same time. But yeah, just before we wrap up the podcast from the both of you, let's let's hear your predictions. Champions League winner and Champions League top scorer as well. So Suki, we'll start with you. Who do you think is going to win the Champions League? Win the Champions League? Mm. It's too early. Uh, it's always too early, but it's always good fun. It's always good fun because when you look back at it and you get it right, you're like, oh, I predicted this from ages ago. So it's good fun. Uh, Do you know what? Looking looking at the round of sixteen, I'm, I was looking at the teams today, and you just look the the kind of main ones are like your PSGs, your Bayern, your Real Madrid, and you look at everyone else. It's like, well, what, what are they doing in the round of sixteen, right? Mm. So I think for me, if I, just for an early prediction, I'll go with Bayern. Ooh, I go for Bayern to win it, and then top goal scorer. So just to help you with that, Mbappe and yeah. Salah on seven, Haaland, Taremi, and Lewandowski on five. Then you have got Bellingham, Giroud, Joao Mario, Lionel Messi and Sane and Rapsodori and Vinicius on four. So they're all kind of kind of together, but Salah and Mbappe are at top. Do you know what? Just because I chose Vinicius in the in the five side, I'll stick with him as top goal scorer. He might score a hat-trick in one of their legs, yeah. Who knows? He could do a Rodrigo score too in, in two minutes, 90th minute. Anything can happen Good in the Champions League. Salim, let's hear your early prediction for the Champions League winners and top scorers. Who are you going for? Yeah, top scorer is a bit easier for me, Mbappe. Um Winner's a bit harder, but I'm gonna be a bit. I'm gonna go for a bit different. I'm gonna say Napoli's my choice, but if not, PSG. PSG is my insurance, but Napoli is my is my choice. PSG haven't won the Champions League time, so how are they your insurance? As in, they're one of like you know the big big dogs' favorites. So Aston Villa won more Champions Leagues than PSG. <laughs> your own team. Yeah, but I can't, how I can't have you even... not said that out loud before on the podcast, Salim? <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not going to predict them, am I? <laughs> I meant like predict someone with pedigree. Like unless, unless, you go, like unless you want to do like a really future Champions League one, then I'll say 2027 Villa. 2027 Villa. Like, get me off the podcast, man. Get me off. 2027 is going to happen. <laughs> we'll come back in five years and listen to this episode, which will be good fun. Um, top scorer for me, I'm going to go basic and I'm going to go for Erling Haaland. I think he's going to have a field day against RB Leipzig and in the next couple of games in the Champions League. And winner, I think, you know what? I, was, I think I'm going to have to go for, this is going to be an odd one, Real Madrid. I think Real Madrid can do it. Oh, way, way to play safe hands, bloody hell. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking. It's so original. It's so original, it's true. Uh, no, I don't know. I think Chelsea have a shout. But then again, I don't think they do because Chelsea always... When, when you're Chelsea. thinking about Chelsea... 
We, I said this a couple years ago, remember? Uh, you don't remember. Salim knows. A couple years ago, I said Chelsea would do pretty good. I said it on a live stream as well. I thought Chelsea would do quite well. But then I get the, at the beginning of the season, when I watched Bayern Munich play on the Nagelsmann at Inter Milan in the San Siro, mm-hmm. I was like, these lot can win the Champions League. I played myself here because I'm just going through all these different answers and I was buoying you lot for two different answers as well. But yeah, I'll stay, I'll stay safe with Real Madrid. That's my insurance. And then my, my other one, I don't think Man City are going to win. So I think Real Madrid and I think Chelsea uh, are going to be up there as well, which will be good fun. Ah, that's all good. Right then, everyone, I'll let you guys enjoy the Champions League. Everyone, thank you very much for listening this week. By the way, we did a we did a poll, right? We did it on Instagram. This is a bit annoying now. We did a poll on Instagram saying, whoever downloads this week's podcast from last week's podcast, um, I'll times that number by three um, to donate to Turkey and to Syria, right? And it's been our lowest download um, of the year, which is crazy. People don't want me to donate to Turkey, man. This is disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. I'm giving money and donating clothes as always anyway, so it's perfectly fine um, as well, which will be good fun. But pray for everyone in Turkey and Syria. I'm going to pray for you, Suki, because you're going away to Barcelona for your birthday weekend as well. So hopefully you stay safe. Hopefully you buy a Lewandowski shirt as well to bring back and be like unlucky hams. And then you wear it on on the pod next time when we lose 4-1 to Barcelona. I think it's going to happen. I don't think we're going to be. I don't think we're going to be Barcelona in the Europa League. I, I think mean, defensively, they've been brilliant the past. Like, I think it's the last sixteen games. Last oh, sixteen man. games have been unbeaten as well, which is crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah, unbeaten. Yeah, bloody hell. Yeah. Jeez. Exactly that. <laughs> it's gonna be tough. Gonna be tough. tough. Tough game indeed. But yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening, guys. Thank you very much for your time as always. We are back on part two of Friday Night Counter Attack this week. It's all about the Champions League, like I said as well, and we've got someone special to be helping us on this week's topic. This week's main topic, I should say, we've already spoken about the five sides in the Champions League this season. We've spoken about the round of 16 already this season. We've spoken about the Premier League as well, of course. But one topic I wanted to speak about this week was who are the best players ever not to win the Champions League? And for someone who just knows about nostalgic football and it just comes to them like a freight train coming through on Inception, just like that as well, I need to invite MJ from Ball and Banter. MJ, yeah, now as always, good to see you, uh, Hams. Thanks for inviting me on. Uh, it's been a little while since we've done an episode together, so it's always good to catch up. But yeah, now I'm all good. I'm looking forward to this episode. Now I'm looking forward to it as well. And literally, we, we are going to be talking all about the best players that have not won the Champions League. And I think it would just be right that when we're talking about these players, as a rule for myself, as I always do, it has to be players that I've seen in my own lifetime as well. So I can't be talking about someone like Sir Bobby Moore or Pele, for example, like that. You know what I mean. We've got to talk about eras that we have both seen as well. So obviously, um, I'm not going to disclose your age, but you're a bit older than I am. So you'll have a, a little bit more, just a little bit. You'll have a couple more players in mind than I would as well. So I'm looking forward to this one and I'm looking forward to seeing how we're going to go about this one. How are we going to do it? First of all, what formation are we? I think we'll ad lib the formation as we go along. We've got a few yeah. of some of these players um, yeah. to go on with as well. So number one in goal, I think this one's quite obvious. I think we have to go for the Italian great, the Palmer player currently, Gianluigi Buffon, and how he has never won the Champions League in his days at Juventus. Three finals, I think he went to as well. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Three defeats, unfortunately for him. One against AC Milan on penalties at Old Trafford. One of them against Real Madrid, against Cristiano Ronaldo's Real Madrid, and one of them against Lionel Messi's Barcelona in 2015 as well. I can't think of anyone more exceptional as a goalkeeper that hasn't won the Champions League. Um, so I'm going for Gianluigi Buffon as my goalkeeping pick in this side. What about you? You're gonna stick or twist? 
No, nah, I'll stick with that. That was my that was my option as well. Buffon, who's won countless domestic titles, World Cups. Oh, sorry, World Cup. World Cup. Uh, yeah, a very decorated goalkeeper. Best of his, well, one of the best of his generation. Been around for donkey's years. So yeah, for me, I, I had Buffon down as well. So I would one hundred percent back you on that one. Fantastic. So we've got Gianluigi Buffon in between the sticks for our best players to not win the Champions League. This is where it gets difficult now because we've got so many attacking players to fit in, but not that many defensive players. And obviously we are talking about defensive players that haven't won the Champions League, but you have to remember as well, a lot of them aren't going to be at the same kind of pedigree as a lot of these attacking players. So a bit of a tricky one. Let's uh-huh. start off with, you know what, let's start off with three at the back. If we can find a fourth yeah. defender, let's go with three at the back. But for me personally, I will go for Gianluigi Buffon's teammate, Lilian Turam. I think Lilian Turam is the guy that I need, maybe at right back, maybe at centre back as well. But I need someone like him who obviously was also part of that final losing side in 2003. He was a World Cup winner, a European Championship winner for France. He did really well for Juventus to obviously win, win multiple trophies as well. But it came to that case where he didn't win the Champions League for Juventus. And there's not a theme against Juventus. It's just the fact that that's very obvious that Juventus haven't won the Champions League for a good number of years. More than, what, 96, was it? When it I think it was 96, yeah. Middle of the 90s, yeah, you're right there. Crazy to think about that as well. Um, but yeah, Lillian Turan, are you, are you happy with that choice? Are you happy about Lillian Turan? Yes, Hams. I've only got three defenders as well. <laughs> and Turan was one of my defenders. So Nicely yeah, done. I'm happy with that. Uh, he, he can play right side of centre-back. That's all good. Who who have we got at centre-back as well? We've got a couple more centre-backs we can yes. think of. And again, it's not just Juventus, but we probably have a lot of Juventus players yeah. in this one as well. Definitely good. got a lot of uh, Juve players. Uh, my uh, uh, my next option for defence was um, Fabio Cannavaro. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Another Juventus player. I think, we're, uh, we're going for it. I think that's pretty much straightforward. Another Juve player. Uh, I think Ballon d'Or winner. Theme of this team. Ballon d'Or winner, exactly, mm-hmm. for his experts in the 2006 World Cup. Yep. Uh, I think with this team, we're going to have a lot of uh, Juve and Arsenal players. But yeah, I'll, I'll have to go kind of a class defender, even though he was short, great leap on him, great in the air, great header, uh, classy defender. And yeah, for me, that's a go in the centre back. That's all good. I'm happy with that one as well. I have another one for right back, but I think we'll have him. Have him on like the the, the backup list, Kyle okay. Walker. Ah, okay. Kyle Walker in there as well. I think he's been fantastic mm. for Manchester City and Spurs over the years in both Champions League and Premier Leagues. Multiple Premier League winner, current player for England. Uh, will probably go on to be one of the most capped England defenders of all time from where he's going at the moment. Fantastic player to watch um, as well. Giorgio Chiellini, I have to throw in there as well. So I mm-hmm. obviously have to go for the Juventus agenda that we've got today, which is quite fun. Um, they're both on my backup list as well. But who's that third centre-back that you have on your list there, MJ? Who are we going for? Well, ironically, the person I had on my list is the person that's on your backup list, which was uh, Chiellini. Chiellini. So, yeah, so I had him... Um, those was the three I had at the back. Chiellini, Cannavaro and Chiram. Again, Juve guy. Again, won the World Cup. Mm. Won countless domestic titles for Juve and domestic cups. But uh, the Champions League is the one trophy that evaded that particular generation of Juve players, including Chiellini. So, yeah, Chiellini is the one that's going to go for. Oh, and a Euro winner as well, wasn't he? He, he was he part was. of the Euro team. Yeah, so... It's the history of the Tottenham as well. He he had that iconic that. moment against Tottenham as well. Where he was that. like, yeah, they came back at Wembley where he obviously won the European Championships as well. So... 
Yeah, uh, Chiellini. I think Chiellini goes into my side as well. So obviously we're doing the same joint side. So if we've got a back three of Turam, Cannavaro and Chiellini, that will yep. be scary for anyone facing as well. Yep. But uh, the, other, the other player I've got in mind is Laurent Blanc. I don't mm, think he's on the Champions chill. League. He was a Rolls-Royce of a defender once upon a time as well. And he was unfortunate mm-hmm. not to win uh, the Champions League. I think he was too late when he came at Man United. I see yeah. too late when he came. Um, and then when he was playing in, in France as well and elsewhere, it just wasn't for him, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I'll you know go back in Blanc. He's a bit he was a bit too late when he came to United. He's a bit he was a lot older then. Uh, it wasn't didn't see the best of him then. Yeah. I did see him in the 98 World Cup for France and yeah, Rolls Royce defender, very clean, good on the ball, good passing. So I wouldn't if you want to break up the Juve uh the defensive structure, I don't mind. But yeah, he's a good player, to be fair. We'll stick with the three for now. So let me okay. pop this in the chat. And then if we if we change your mind, depending on the formation as well, mm-hmm. then we can oh, that's have cool. a look. So no problem. Carl Walker, and then we've got uh, Laurent Blanc as backup. Mm-hmm. I hate I hate autocorrect. Yeah, yeah. It just it changes to Laurent Black, and I'm like, that's just a racist thing. It's Laurent Blanc for goodness' sake. <laughs> I won't say Zoom's racist. <clears throat> it could be. You never know. <laughs> it it helps. It hates our Wi-Fi so much. It's painful. Yeah, uh, it's my Wi-Fi as well. I don't know why. It's true. It's true. Um, so yeah, we've got a back four. So well, back yeah, back three, and then a goalkeeper of Gianluigi yeah. Buffon, Lilian Turam, Fabio Cannavaro, and Giorgio Chiellini. We're back up to, as Kyle Walker and Laurent Blanc. So if we do need to change to a four, we can. Um, but then it could be the time yep. when Kyle Walker wins the Champions League this season and becomes obsolete. So you never know. You never mm-hmm. know with it as well. Right then, uh, midfield. This is where we're going to have a lot of fun because there's so many players we need to fit into this midfield. Mm-hmm. And you already mentioned your own kind of team, Arsenal as well. So yep. first things first, we're not having a Champions League team who haven't won the Champions League without Patrick Vieira. So I need Patrick Vieira in this team as well. Yep, that was my that was who I was gonna say. That was my next um candidate for midfield. Patrick Tell Vieira. us about Patrick Vieira. Why was he such a dominant force for Arsenal in the Premier League and in the Champions League? The reason why he's such a dominant force is because he could do a bit of everything. He could tackle, he could play the ball. I think that I think that side of his game, that his passing, was a very underrated. Excellent pass of the ball. He could dribble really well, that's quite underrated. He could drive forward with the ball as well so he could do everything he could tackle run um, strength unmatched he used to love to flick the ball over people's heads all the time uh, I just think he was just such a dominant midfielder because of his physique uh, that greatly helped him uh, he's kind of if you're the for a modern day fan who hasn't watched Vieira think maybe Yaya Torre but just a bit more box to box because when Torre is playing that seat he's a bit more like a number 10 Mm. So if you just think like a, Yore, a Yaya Torre physique, but playing actually in centre mid, because uh, I'm not going to call him a DM because he wasn't. <laughs> but um, yeah, now he could just do everything, to be honest. And that's what made him so dominant. I mean, the cat's out the bag already, MJ. You've compared him to Yaya Torre. So who would you rather go for? Yaya Torre or <laughs> We know Yaya Torre's won the Champions League, but out of the two, yeah, who, who do you think is a better player? Yaya Torre or Patrick Vieira? Yeah, that's not fair. Uh, Come on, this is why we're hosts. We have we have to, we have yes. to think yes. about it properly and logistically. It's true. Okay, right. I would. I'm going to sit in the fence and say I'll choose both of them, <laughs> and I'll have Vieira as a number as a number six, and have Torre as the box to box. Mm. Um, but if you're going to force me, I would say Vieira, and I'd only do that because 
Yaya Toure in his early days at Barca, which is not not his fault at all, mm. but they used to play him as defensive mid or centre back a lot of the times. And yep. when you see him at City, you think you can just see that there's so much more to his game. And you don't want to pigeonhole pigeonhole him as that number number six or a centre back. But um yeah. Only because of my loyalty to Patrick Vieira, I have to go to Vieira. That's all just good. about. Now I'm gonna challenge you with uh Two other centre mids so far. So we've got one who is a German international who was probably one of the most unluckiest players in world football in the summer of 2002. And we've got yep. one Spanish player who, I don't know how to describe him, but he was a maestro of the game. But he, it, it felt like he was at the wrong place at the wrong time for a lot of these Champions League wins. So on one hand, we've got Michael Balak, a German mm-hmm. international. And we've got the maestro on the other hand, Cesc Fabrias. So if you need to have another centre mid, to accommodate Patrick Vieira, who would you go for and buy? This is tough because you know what? In my team, I had all three of them. <laughs> I needed just two of them. Oh, I needed two I of them for more attacking players. So I needed to go for that three, five, two. So I'm yeah. looking forward to this one. Oh, this is going to be a tough one because I had all three of them and I had um, Vieira as a hold and then the two number eights as uh, Sesk and Balak. Damn, this is tough. Uh, Talk about Michael Ballack, first of all. What, what was Michael Ballack's main kind of strengths and traits uh, from what you saw, MJ? Uh, from what I saw of Ballack, he was similar to a Lampard, maybe mm. just a bit more athletic, a bit, bit more, more mobile, technical, I think. a bit more technical and a bit more strength. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not to say that Lampard didn't have any technique because he did. Obviously, you saw a lot of his goals from range, uh, excellent technician as well. But yeah, Balak is similar to Lampard, making late runs into the box. But I think he's a bit more athletic and powerful with the with the ball at his feet, running uh, and running without the ball. Like when he's making his runs, I think he's really athletic and powerful. Um, you know, if you're gonna push me, I'm I'm just gonna go for surprisingly, I'm gonna go for Balak because that 2002, I felt so sorry for him uh, at Leverkusen. Everything just fell away in the last two weeks of the season. For people uh, who don't know, they lost yeah, the on, German Cup final, they lost the Champions League final against Real Madrid, and then later in the summer, Michael Ballack was suspended for the final of the World Cup, where they lost against Brazil 2-0, where he couldn't even impact the game. So and the Bundesliga as well, they lost in the last day of the season, I think. And they lost the Bundesliga as well, so it was literally the worst time for Michael Ballack's career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he moved to Bayern Munich after that, not long, too, not too long after that as well, uh, which is crazy. But yeah, Michael Ballack, I'll happily back you with that one as well. Cesc Fabregas was an amazing centre midfielder. But I think wrong place, wrong time for a lot of times. Because if I remember correctly, I think a season or two after he, or before he left Chelsea, one or two one or two seasons afterwards, they won the Champions League under Thomas Tuchel. Uh-huh. And then one or two seasons before he moved to Barcelona, they won the Champions League. And then, then when he left, he, they won it. And then when he left, they won it as well. So maybe Cesc Fabregas is the reason they didn't win the Champions League. So <laughs> we never know that. Conspiracy theories, eh? And he was in the Arsenal team as well when you unfortunately lost to Barcelona in 2006. That's and correct. Yeah. Yes. Fabregas has been on the losing side more than once, unfortunately, in the Champions League. But I think he was a fantastic player and someone that we have to give his flowers to on this part of the podcast as well, which is great. Definitely. Definitely. So we've gone for two. Let's let's stick with that. Two holding midfielders, three centre-backs, yeah. which allows us an attacking midfielder or a third mm-hmm. striker like a Trequatista and two out-and-out wingers. So... I'll give you the choice of both wingers and I'll agree or disagree. So okay. talk to us about the wingers that you've got in mind. They could be fullbacks, they could be wingers, they could be wingbacks. Who have you got in mind, MJ? The only proper, proper winger, I'm not going to lie, that I've got is Nedved. Yeah. Uh, 
Ballon d'Or winner 2003 somehow over Thierry Henry but that's for another episode. robbery robbery but uh, yeah uh, Nedved's great player left foot right foot can bang from range very powerful running dribbling uh, great player uh, I think Nedved needs to be in this team to be fair the other winger <sighs> I'm going to have to defer to you on that one, Hams, because I've only got one winger in my team, which was Nedved. I'm thinking, uh, when you're looking at this team as well, uh, and you're looking at how we've got it so far, we've got Balak, we've got... um, I don't know how we're going to do it, because we've got so many strikers that we've missed out on as well. And you're kind of looking at it. There's so many to go through. And number 10s as well. All of them are number 10s or strikers, which is crazy. And I don't want to go for another winger just for the sake of it. Because uh, we could easily go... The listeners will hate us for this, but we could easily throw someone like Francesco Totti in there as well. We could but, easy go for You know what? I want to throw Totti in there as well. He if needs to be in like a number 10. Yeah, if you have a number 10, I think Totti has to be in there. Because I, I don't want to be that guy that just puts Robert Perez in the team for the sake of it. <laughs> I like Robert Perez. Same here. I, I didn't once upon a time, but I like him. But I don't think he gets into this team for me. No. So I'll, I'll back you on that one. Even as an Arsenal fan, I'll back you on that one. Uh, I wouldn't have Perez in the, in the team, unfortunately. Mm. I would rather go for number 10s because I think there's a couple of number 10s we could squeeze in behind the striker. And I think it'll make the team a lot more potent. Unless we bring in a... Actually, I don't want to just bring in a defender for the sake of it because we could go for Carl Walker, Turam, Cannavaro. Nah, I'm liking, I'm liking this ambitious way of going for... Three at the back. Three at the back. Yeah. Let's, let's go for it. Let's okay, all right, let's take three at the back then. We've got the two holding midfielders. So we've got Balak, we've got Vieira. We're not yep. going for Fabregas. We've got Totti no. in there. We've got Nedved in there. Yeah. Which then means we've got three strikers to choose from. One striker I need to throw in there. <sighs> yeah, go on. Vlatan Ibrahimovic. Yes, he has to be in it. Wrong place, wrong time for a lot of these clubs. Jose Mourinho recently said that when he left for Barcelona, Jose Mourinho told him to his face that you're making a mistake. Zlatan laughed at him saying, no, I'm going to go and win the Champions League. What happens that season? Inter Milan beat Barcelona in the semi-final to go on and win the Champions League in that season uh-huh. as well. So never doubt Jose Mourinho. Um, not even Zlatan Ibrahimovic so Zlatan Ibrahimovic <laughs> makes it into this team uh, which is good yeah. fun so I'm quite happy to put Zlatan in are you happy with that choice? yes definitely I'm happy with Zlatan I love Zlatan um, like any, any listener that's not seen any of his or not many of his goals go on YouTube and search for the goal that he scored while he's playing at Ajax absolutely amazing goal took about six players out rounded the goalkeeper and pulled it in left foot right foot type of thing but yeah Zlatan has to be in who are you going for your second striker? We're leaving number 10 till last because there's so many choices there. Cool. Uh, for me, there's only one striker. And then this guy was my absolute idol growing up. Loved him. You went for Ian uh, Wright? No, nah, I didn't go for uh, Ian Wright. <laughs> Another striker that I loved. Yeah. <laughs> Another striker that I loved. Uh, um, scored so many goals. I think he's the best striker that I've seen in my lifetime. Mm. And that's uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, R9. Fantastic. Ronaldo R9, I mean, he's had some amazing, iconic Champions League moments as well. He's had some not-so-good Champions League moments at the same time, but obviously uh-huh. he came to Real Madrid this season after they won the Champions League back in 2002. So he wasn't in that squad um, of no. Galacticos where Figo, Zidane, Roberto Carlos, Morientes and Raul uh-huh. won the Champions League and he came the season afterwards, after that That's World right. Cup as well. So That's right. It was one of those things that he had moved from club to club to club. I don't remember ever seeing him in a final. Did he ever get to a final? I don't think they even got to a final. I don't mm. think he, I don't think he did. No, 
unfortunately. Because uh, when he was at Inter, I don't think Inter was getting to finals those times. It was only uh, the UEFA Cup. That's won. right. Yeah. And I think that's the only thing that he won. That's the only European trophy that he won, I think, was the Cup of the, um, UEFA Cup, sorry. Yeah, UEFA Cup, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, honestly... Obviously, he won a couple of World Cups, which, you know, that's not too bad either. Did he win two? Yeah, because he was a part of the 94 squad. He didn't play a game. Uh, he yeah, yeah, he squad. was part of the squad. It was like Kaká in and 2002. Not, he, wasn't, he wasn't playing, but he was part of the squad. And you know what's bed. mad about um, Ronaldo in the 94 mm. World Cup? On the back of his shirt, it wasn't Ronaldo. On the no. back of his shirt was Ronaldinho. Oh, my days. Yeah, Ronaldinho mad. before Ronaldinho. Imagine that. That's crazy, that is. But then I heard the actual Ronaldinho. His name's not actually Ronaldinho. <laughs> I think Dinho means small. So yeah, saying that like he's mini, Ronaldo. Small, yeah. There you go. Unreal it is. Absolutely so a little fact unreal. for everyone there. Now I'm trying to think. Who do we add into this team? So let's go through it back to France. We've got Gianluigi yes. Buffon and in goal. We've got yes. Lilian Turam, Fabio Cannavaro, Giorgio uh-huh. Chiellini at the back. Yep. We've gone through, gone for a fluid but stable midfield five of Patrick Vieira, Michael Balak, mm-hmm. Francesco Totti, who we'll talk about in a second, Pavel mm-hmm. Nedved on the wing. Mm-hmm. We've got two strikers up front in Ronaldo Nazario and Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm-hmm. Now we just need to figure out who we've got on this number, number 10. 10. Uh, you could chuck in... Let's, let's just Wait, what about Zlat? What about Zlat? Well, Zlat's up top, innit? Zlat's up top, yeah. Ronaldo, innit? Mm. Okay, what about... um? You got Burkamp. You got Burkamp. You got Batistuta. Batistuta, yeah. Got Hernan Crespo. Yeah, you got Crespo. You got Van Nistelrooy. Van Nistelrooy. Uh, you got Jurgen Klinsmann. Mm-hmm. Who else? Going through quite a lot now. Um, I'm not going to say Zambro. Obviously, that Aguero. Aguero. Mm. Company. Van oh, Persie. Company. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Philip yeah. Koku. Lewandowski uh, as well. Lewandowski's won it. Did he win it? Yeah, 2020. Oh, yes, Stop sorry. Yep, 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 yep. Forgot, my bad. Yep. Obviously, you got Baggio as well, but... Michael Owen. Um, Owen, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else have you got? Romario. What, David Silva. Yep, David Silva, yep. I'm trying to think. Who can we... Who, it's more about who can we not miss out. We can We can yeah. make the team, which is fine. We can make the yeah. team. Yeah, it's just so you can't miss out. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think. So, no, he's still got players one. like Pogba, but he's still got a chance of winning it if you wanted to. I don't know. I don't want Pogba in the team. I'm happy, I'm happy no, not having him on uh, yeah. in the team as well. That's fine. I've got George Weir as well. Cantona. Cantona. Did George Weir not win the Champions League then? No, nah, he didn't. In the 90s? No. No. Nah. Oh, no. Okay. Um, I think personally, for the, for the sake of for the sake of grandeur that we have as well, for the sake of having a, the grandest team possible, there's only one answer for me. Uh-huh. Gabriel Batistuta. I love Batistuta. I'm not gonna lie. You have to go for Batty goal in this one. I love Batty goal. I put him in. You put him in. We, put him we in. We're looking at some of these names and we're trying. We're like fishing, but you can't put Miroslav closer over like Batistuta. No chance. No, not a chance. <laughs> I'm, I'm quite happy with that one as well. So that's a really good yeah. team that we've got. And I it goes to team. show that some of these are World Cup winners. Some of these are UEFA Cup winners. Some of these are multiple Euros. league title winners. Euros winners as well. Copper mm-hmm. America winners. Mm-hmm. We're not Champions League winners, which is crazy. No. It's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely unbelievable how it is as well. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to seeing 
um, I think we'll, we'll pop this onto social media. We'll see what people think. Yeah. I think it's a fantastic team yeah. that we've got. It obviously won't be better than the best team to win the Champions League because everyone's got the, the Champions League winners in there, but not a bad team in itself as well. And I'm not glad I'm glad we didn't pick any Spurs players in this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm happy with that because obviously you had Berbatov, ex-Spurs, and Carl Walker, ex-Spurs, but... Van der Vaart. Yeah. Van der Vaart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then Bale so, um, and Modric. Practically the whole Tottenham squad, but... Yeah, straight. Yeah, Bale. Yeah. Bale and Modric did the right thing. Yeah, they did. They did. I'll back you on that one 100 percent They were they were the better of the Spurs players that, that saw the light. They saw the white in Madrid as opposed to the white in London. And they went, Yeah, that's that's a better shade of white. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And it worked for them. Uh, that's still that's still good. But no, I'm really happy with this team, I'm really happy with this conversation that we've had as well, MJ. Mm-hmm. Um now I just need to kind of know from you before we move well it's the second part of the podcast anyway um, who's going to win the Champions League this season Oof. at the time of recording it's the round of 16 so you've got all the time in the world uh, yeah. to think about it but if, you, if I had to get one Hail Mary type of prediction who are you going for I will go for it's going to pay me to say this but see no I just think that I just think that, that signing of Haaland I think he just made the made a difference in the big moments uh, for City. Uh, I think, obviously... That would mean Carl Walker wins the Champions League. I know, I know, I know. Luckily, he's only backup, right? <laughs> he's only backup, so he hasn't Thank made God. the official squad, which is good. Yeah, because when I look around, I look at, obviously, you've got the, the obvious names, like the Real Madrid, you know, the Bayern Munichs. But I don't know. I don't know. If none of them are really grabbing me. To be honest. Real Madrid never grabbed anyone last season and it just came out of they nowhere. They flew to through, didn't they? Good so, vibes from Real Madrid, which is good fun. It was. So unfortunately, I'm going to have to go for City. I just think that Harlow made a difference for them in those big moments, in the big games. Definitely. It's going to be good to see how they do as well. I, I have a sneaky eye on Napoli and a sneaky eye on Dortmund. I'd like to see some of these new teams come through as well. And we always like an underdog in the Champions League, so I'm looking forward to seeing how they do. We um, do. We do indeed. Run, which will be good. But yeah, everyone, thank you very much for listening to this part of the podcast. MJ, tell us, tell the listeners where they can find you if they don't know where to find you already. Yeah, um, I host a podcast called Ball and Banter. So we're everywhere. Uh, our social medias is Ball and Banter. Sorry, our handle is Ball and Banter. And we're mm-hmm. on all social media, YouTube, Insta, um, TikTok, LinkedIn. So yeah, check us out, Ball and Banter. When Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to your podcast provider. Fantastic. Now, I'm looking forward to hearing more from you over the course of the year as well. And obviously, you're having more podcasts over the year, which will be good fun as well. But yeah, everyone, 100%. thank you very much for listening to this part of the podcast. Um, yeah, this will be part two. So, everyone, thanks for listening for the full part of the podcast. Enjoy your week, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>